Hello and welcome to Relationship Rescue, the podcast. Every relationship begins with you. I am Heather Carter and I am super excited to have you here today. I'm going to talk about a topic that while um, I seem to talk about you know, the same topic over and over, right? Relationships. Oh, that's what this is about. Yes. But however, um, something I've never touched on before is how do two people become roommates? How do you actually become a roommate with your partner? And, um, you know, most of us think that it's just this, you know, um, all of a sudden we wake up one day and and we are a roommate we're living with our roommate and yeah that's that's actually kind of true but you know what if you could if you can recognize how we become a roommate you should be able to stop it right so um you know when we are in a marriage or we are in a very committed serious relationship um what do those things include okay what what is needed um in that relationship for it to thrive. We need love, we need friendliness, loyalty, candid and effective communication. We have to be able to share our feelings, right? Um, We have to have a fulfillment of um, financial obligations. You know, um, you guys, you and your partner, your spouse can decide what that looks like, but it has to be, an agreement of, you know, what does the financial um, obligations look like? Is one working, one staying home? What, you know, you have to be in agreement of that. Um, you obviously have to be able to cohabitate. You have to be able to co-parent. There needs to be a sexual connection, intimacy. This is, now this one is really important to most people don't understand it, but there has to be a sharing of similar interests right? You have to. If you guys don't share a similar interest, at least one, minimum one, it, it, it will die. It will die. Um, there has to be, you know, bilateral decision-making. There has to be um, collaboration. All of these things are necessary and they all need to be working well in order to have that successful marriage, successful committed relationship. And they, and yet all of them, they have to be working well. And when they're not working well, you have to be able to use effective communication to work through them. Okay. So now, um, uh, you know, hopefully in the beginning, <laughs> all of these elements are flourishing, right? We're, we're united and you're, you're on board with, you know, your partner, you guys are on the same wave. And now, what happens is sometimes over time, you know, one bar- partner or both no longer commit to um, one of those um, aspects of what is needed for a healthy, long, loving relationship. So when somebody jumps that jumps ship from that aspect of the relationship, then the other person has to take over, right? Yep, they do. Okay, so what that means is like, so if one partner uh, starts acting irresponsibly with money, okay, regarding the budget, they're not going to follow the budget, they're no longer following the budget, well, then the, that partner has to take over the budget. Now what happens? Okay, they're no longer partnered 
financially. They're no longer in agreement. They're no longer, they're now kind of working against each other. And this naturally will trigger resentment. And the resentment in the one, the partner that took over, feels obliged to take over because who the hell, what else, you know, how, what are you going to do if one person's, you know, you can't both be giving up in the budget department. So, um, and that resentment festers. Okay, and then guess what? The same imbalance could happen if somebody, um, you know, leaves that realm of childbearing, um, stops having sex with their partner, um, you know, the, the, the friendliness goes away, then the love goes away. Okay, all of it kind of just starts going away. Now, when just about all of these areas have collapsed, okay, and they will, okay, except guess what? cohabitation the partners have an effect become roommates their full commitment is no longer operational it's done it's over you guys are not fully committed each to each other anymore to the to the um to the things that are most necessary to keep the marriage or the relationship loving secure and moving forward so now when, you know, when both of you are no longer in the relationship with both feet, you're no longer fully in a relationship, really. And you might have, you know, you're going to have that thing that says, oh, here's your marriage certificate. Here, Yeah, it says we're married. And we're together. Wait a minute, right? But guess what? It's actually been rendered inactive. Inactive by one or both of you. And it sucks. Now... Sometimes we want that annulment, right? Okay, but you're not going to talk about it. So um, what happens here is this. When you come to that roommate part, when you get to the roommate, you have to decide, what do I want? Do I want to fix this? What is my part, right? Okay, see, um, do you want to... to, to, to to basically refranchise the marriage, you know? Um, here's another problem with sex. If there's no sex or intention of having it, well, then the question becomes, I, I, well, it becomes for many people, <coughs> excuse me, and I've been asked it many times, is the partner justified in finding sex elsewhere? Well, can... He or she say, guess what? We've divorced at the sexual level. Uh, so I believe that I'm going to go, you know, design a new sexual plan. Um, because is the alternative of no sex with the person you love or loved, your roommate, um, for the rest of your life, is that acceptable? acceptable? That needs to be explored, right? Of course, I, I'm not, no, cheating is never acceptable, ever. You don't go um, put a, a new plan on with somebody else, right, okay? While you're still married, while you're still in a committed relationship behind, you know, having an affair, basically. No, that's not, but it needs to be addressed because I don't believe people, now, see, as we get older, sex changes, right? So, um, it, it's it sex there's there's things intimacy 
intimacy is what is the most important thing. It's not all about sex because as you get older, as uh, diagnoses happen, as you, you know, things happen where you can't possibly have sex or have sex like you used to have sex. That's just part of aging, right? But there needs to be intimacy. So, so let's say that there's a marriage with no sex or there's an unequal financial arrangement, you know, and that relationship, here's the problem, that sexless relationship with a skewed financial obligation can have longevities. But guess what? The partners start to wonder, is this really what I want? Because my partner's not providing me with the happiness, with the growth, the challenge that I want. Now, wise people, wise, healthy, secure people open up this conversation, okay, to, with their partner, to discover each other again and to figure out what, how we can change this so we can move forward, right? Because, you know, the, but what happens is this, what, what's, what's in between us today? These phones, screens, right? We wonder how to, you know, um, we wonder why we're not having conversations because why? Most people are choosing to text now instead of have the hard conversations. And that doesn't work, right? Texting for this type of a, this, you, don't, you can't text this. And people are hiding behind texting now. You have to sit down. You have to have that emotional connection. So what happens now then, okay? So now we, we're, we are in conflict or we're actually not in conflict. We're, in, we're roommates. But um, before we hit the roommate part, and these things started going wrong, okay? What, you know, the difficult patterns in the relationship start, you know, popping up. And we keep repeating the patterns that would sabotage the relationship to a point that we end up becoming roommates. So the first thing that happens is there's a triggering event, right? So it's the broken agreement, the unacceptable behavior or event. So it's basically, you did this, I got triggered or they did this, they got triggered. And um, so it's whether it's they're withholding love, they are overspending, they seem to be having an emotional affair or an affair or, um, you know what, there is no sex anymore. They, they're not agreeing on how to raise the kids, whatever, you know, big dilemma is going on and the other person gets triggered, right? So this is where that on heal parts of us. This is where the triggers come and the reactions really snag us and just keep us fighting the hook. Okay. And we're just slashing all over the place and never landing and, and finding firm ground to speak to our partner with and to find effective communication and to figure out how to move forward because why we are, we are busy reacting from the subconscious mind. And that subconscious belief center. So um, now what happens is, guess what we feel? Justifiable. We're justifiable. And we cling to our narrative. And then what happens that that conflict leads to drama. Arguing about what happened. So it's dramatic flare-ups. You know, um, each partner is intent on proving that their actions are justified. Which what, guess what? Continual, continual back and forth of triggering. I hurt, I want, I fear, you react, right? You hurt, you want, you fear, you react. Same thing over and over again. And we're the cat's chasing the tail, the dog chasing the cat, and it doesn't stop. 
the projections are happening, the different interpretations are happening, the assumptions are happening, and of course we're taking it all personal. And why? Because there's an unconscious agenda behind it all. And this is the most cunning and elusive um, part of this um, dimension of hell that we're living in that seems to, I not seems, it kills the relationship. We are unconsciously motivated, okay, into this intimacy defeating pattern. So we're triggering, we're being triggered, we're arguing, okay, and then we are in drama, 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 drama. And what do you hear? You know, here's a law oh God, there's so many things that I hear about at this point. Um, and so you might have thought some of these in, you know, the middle of your conflict. Oh, this relationship was a mistake to begin with. I'm doing something that will get me out of this. I got to get out of this. Oh, God, I can't really leave the relationship on my own. I just want her to or him to force me to leave. Oh, I'm going to actively and passively get back at her or him. Um, you know what? I'm entitled. I have this, just, just, I just have this outrageous sense of entitlement, and I have the right to full agency, to control, to decision making, and I can reject collaboration. I don't have to. I don't have to. I don't have to do that with him or her. No, no. Then there's the pe person that is addicted to the adrenaline. Okay. So what do these people do? Oh, they keep things at a fever pitch and unresolved. Why? Because it gives them a fix. The fix. Because they get antsy when there's too much smooth sailing, okay? So they have to, you know, cause that that ship to wreck, okay? They they literally, they brew up the perfect storm. Some people only feel good when their partner um, is upset. When they lead the partner into craziness and being upset. A lot of people with the, you know, abandonment issue will, um, will think to themselves, Okay, well, you know what? They're not going to be there for me when I'm really in need. And I don't matter enough for them to be loyal to me. And so I don't trust them. And so I have to keep putting energy into this contingency plan. So um, let me just complain and blame. And I'm just going to keep my eye out for a new partner. Oh, okay, right? Um, and so what, but what happens? Everybody fears and avoids intimacy at all costs, right? By that point, when the fear dance is in full circle, intimacy is not possible. Well, now then how are you going to reconcile the um, differences in, you know, the connection you desire in the child rearing and the financial obligations, all the things that left the marriage and the reason you're in um, your roommates? You can't. You can't, right? No. Oh, so then you feel very unfulfilled, right? So you have this, um, oh boy, I've just basically hung around way too long and I'm now living in a ghost town. <laughs> me and the ghosts. The ghosts from my childhood, they're all around me, but they're mostly in the person that I decided to partner with. That's where I really see those old ghosts. That's where I kind of, you know what, uh, this is called transference. I'm transferring my parent or caregiver, um, their face onto their, onto the subconsciously, by the way, onto my partner's face. And I'm going to project everything and we're going to just keep getting into this fear dance. 
So we're just spinning our wheels. That's what we're doing, you know? And so some of the questions that um, you can ask yourself, and even your partner, right, without demanding or blame. Um, and I'm going to ask you some of these because and I want you to answer it. You know, do you want assurance of good connection, but, um, are, but are you not willing to do what it takes to establish commitment and connection? If the answer is no, leave. If you're not willing to find help and you're not willing to do it, you know. Um, have you let go? Can you let go of your attachment to being right? Because if you can't go let go of that attachment that you're right, it won't work. <clears throat> do you still feel that the other person needs to change? And then that all will be okay if they change? Because you're wrong. You're wrong. There is always a more difficult one, by the way, in the relationship, for sure. So how about this question then? How about this? Are you with somebody that is still waiting for you to change? And you have actually changed and you've done everything you can to try to heal this relationship, marriage, and nothing is working and they keep stu they're keep stuck in these patterns and you have grown and you're chilled, then guess what? You're going to have to cut your losses at some point if they're not willing to step up to the plate with you. And that's the truth. Um, do you keep your person in an uncertain state, right? So that you can um, be justified in not being in the relationship in a fully committed way. Do you do that or does your partner do that? Now, what, here is a big one. When a rupture, when a pipe explodes, okay, when you are in conflict, do you move toward repair or do you resist it? When your partner's upset or when you're upset, do either of you disconnect? Or do you guys take a time out and then you come back to address the issue? Because there's a huge difference. Because taking a time out is necessary. It really is. People don't like to hear that, but it is necessary. Taking a time out is necessary. Now, this is something that I, I, I would almost hang my hat on this. Of the, this is really important. Can you both report that there has been 30 consecutive days of friction-free happiness? And, you know, well, um, I've said it before. I, I, the, I am so grateful for all the pioneers that came before me that, um, you know, I've learned from about relationships, about uh, childhood in the inner child, about healing, about trauma, about how it shows up into our relationships. And, you know, I've read more books than you can imagine. And um, I've my case studies, my case studies are just really the, the place where it's like all comes together. And one of the things that I um, have noticed in everything that I've read in the last most eight years, especially is that, you know what, it is not safe to discuss marriage or commitment until at least 30 days of friction-free happiness passes. It is very understandable, by the way, to consider an end to a relationship when there is no stretch of happiness that has happened for longer than you can remember. 
if that's a big red sign, that's a big red flag. Okay. Um, have you settled for mediocrity, mediocrity in the relationship? Because life has just become so comfortable, right? Because that's not good. You want it to be good. You want it to be great. You want it to be amazing, beautiful. It's going to take work, right? Um, is drama the goal in the relationship? Or is it actually like like literally lying down in the, in the, in the same pasture that you're in and on that green grass? What is it? You know, because that's what I want to know. What, what, you know, if drama is the goal, if drama is all that you have, then it's time to say, yeah, this isn't working for me. No, no, no. Right. Um, you know, and how are you giving and receiving love? You know, acceptance, you know, appreciation, allowance, all of those things. How are you, what are you, what are you doing to, to that with your partner and them, you, Okay, I want you to think about these, and, and you know what? This is a um, this is one of those podcasts that if I were you, I would come back and and revisit, and I would also you know listen to it a couple times, because this is this will help you a lot, and if you're ready to heal that relationship, that marriage, and both of you are ready to come to the plate, yes, I can I can help relationships with one person, absolutely, but it is definitely. Um, a better, uh, much easier to do when two people are on the same page. I've helped plenty, yes, that have healed the relationship through one of them, but it does take more. It does take more because more pressure is on that one person. And it depends upon how much you want the relationship of what you can, you know, how much you can do what until your partner steps up to the plate so if you're ready to heal that relationship if you're ready to stop being roommates if you're ready for a new way there you know what i put the link to my um free call in the in the show notes stop don't spend 2023 in turmoil in more of the same more of the same but only only take a call a spot from somebody else for this free call if you're ready please don't please do not sign up for the free call if you are not ready to do the work if you are not ready to heal the relationship please don't waste my time nor yours and i'm serious i am totally serious and if you and i if we if i feel i can help you 100 percent, and i feel you are committed and we are you know we our energies match of course i'm going to offer you a, a chance to work with me I don't have many spots left. I'm always, usually there's a wedding list going on, but you know what? It's, I'm going to stop doing so much one-on-ones here soon and concentrate more on couples and um, other different ways of helping individuals. Um, get in while you can, right? And, and I'm not saying it's happening like immediately, but I'm transitioning into different things to help more people. But but please, again, do not take that spot unless you're ready because I don't want to work with you if you're not. I really don't. It's a waste of my time and your time and money. And I'm not here to just take money. Of course, uh, money, yes. I, you know what? Yeah, you got to pay me. <laughs> but I don't want you to pay me if you're not going to be a part of the process and you're just going to walk away and the, from healing without having done work without actually showing up 
I'm, you know what? If you if you're not going to show up, don't don't take a call. If you're not going to be consistent, one of the things that I tell my clients all the time, it's consistency, it's momentum. You got to ride the momentum. Get off the negative momentum. You got to ride the positive. And you know, it's so many people in, in life, all of a sudden they feel like, oh, it's going well, it's going well, all's good, I don't have to do what I was doing before, and then they jump off. And what? guess what? They get stuck. They're, the current takes them again. Guess what? And they're struggling against the current to get back to shore. Why? Because they jumped off too soon. And they thought, oh, okay, I saw this little... No. So take make that call if you're serious, you're ready, and you want to do the work. Otherwise, you know what? Come back when you are. And I love you, and I thank you for being here. And until next time, take care. Bye.